Okay. We're doing the podcast, and I don't care if you heard a little computer noise when you first started. That's our new intro. But anyway, <laughs> no, I'm just giving this a picture. Um, but yeah, I started to say, because I actually re-recorded a couple times. Uh, this is a new setup, obviously, like with us like talking towards the computer a little bit, but still kind of towards each other. Um, Jacob here created the the background for this podcast. Right, it mirrored. Um, this is my little brother. He's a Marine. And um, that's pretty much all he's accomplished in life. This is episode number eight. Yeah. I think we're going to be sticks over there at home. So. Ooh, that hurt. <laughs> the YouTubers didn't even know that. I'm trying to create like a perception here. You don't, you don't have a. I, I rented a Bugatti the other day. Yeah. You don't have a name for Meters. No. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Comment down below with your name. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, so I went to Italy, and being in Italy, I missed out on a big chunk of your life, and especially the, the big part about you becoming a marine and everything. So, what? Um. I guess let's let, let's jump into that. Like, what is our uh, what got you wanting to um, go into Marine Corps and why the Marine Corps over the other? That was wild. Yeah, don't even be kind of my caffeine, man. Um, I don't know. That. Ever since I was young, I always wanted to do uh, some sort of like military or something. Uh, originally, I was thinking like the National Guard, like my cousin, Justin. Because I thought that I was that was cool, and originally I wanted to go to the army, be a combat medic. But like after seeing some like gory stuff, I was like, no way, <laughs> no way. <laughs> like seeing an open fracture, I almost threw up. I was like, that was rough. Um. So then whenever you decided on the army, I was like, I have to one up. <laughs> <laughs> I always felt like that's what it actually yeah. is. It's like I want to be the best. But honest. I was just gonna say Ethan's gonna come out of the woodwork and become a fucking seal or something. Yeah, while you're something. like while we're over here talking shit about army versus marine, this motherfucker's off the Delta, having <laughs> fucking terrorists and shit. Honestly, whenever you first told us that you were joining, I was like, I was a bit irritated because I was like, "What? I'm gonna be 18 in like two years." And like, you wanted to be the first? Yes, I wanted to be the first. And I, after you got out of your phase and you were like 23, I'm like. He's not gonna do it. He's too old now. And then you called dad. I think we were like church or something like that. And you called dad while we were sitting there. And and I remember he came back in. Mom's like, What's, what, what was that about? He's like, Why is joining the army? And we're like, What? <laughs> Mom was like, Okay, I was not expecting that. But yeah, and they told me I was a little bit irritated because I wanted to be the be the first one. And then I was like, Well, <laughs> I got a one. I got a one up. So. I was like, well, I'll join the, the Marines. And then I wanted to do a recon. And my uh, recruiter was like, no. He's like, the attrition me. Attrition is like, failure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's one of those, yeah. yeah. Okay, <laughs> I think well, it's failure. We'll just say the attrition, he said the attrition rate was like 
either so low or so high, whichever one it is, it's the opposite. But uh, he's like, I would never sign anybody a refund contract. And I was like, that looks so cool. And then I was like, so why did he say no? Like, what was his reason? Oh, uh, because recon, no matter if you get all the way through the training, from what I've heard, if you get all the way through the training, it literally comes down if if they want you or not. Because there's a lot of people in my MLS right now that like have gone through the training and stuff, and then they yeah. just told them no, and then you become an open contract after that. Well, that's uh, that's what happens a lot in the army. Um, in the one seventy third, it's like half special forces rejects, yeah. and then three percent army ranger washouts. <laughs> It's that bad. And it seems like everyone's going to Ranger School. Okay, not everyone. I never went. Uh, but it seems like everyone's gone to Ranger School and uh, failed. <laughs> yeah. I had one guy in my platoon that I know of that passed when he went out of maybe the six or seven that I know um, that went. And he was a private. And he graduated. Everyone else went. Wow. Staff sergeants. Um, but that's one. It's like a really smart play. I guess. I know physical, but everyone says. Yeah. Um, but no. Um, damn it, what the hell was I about to say? Uh, we were talking about. Oh yeah, it's a it's a it's a great deal for the army, um, and the marines and any in the navy and every branch that has a special forces program, because if you pass, they just got a new. Special Forces guy or a new Ranger or something. If you fail, well, now they own your ass for the next five years. <laughs> Open contract. We'll plug in wherever we need you, you know? Yeah. So I I was like, I remember telling him, I was like, so if I like really wanted to go recall, would you sign it for me? Would you let me go? He's like, I wouldn't sign it for you. I was like, so you'd make me go to a different recruiter. He's like, if that is the only thing you wanted, you wouldn't settle for anything else, then I would. He's like, but I will highly advise against it. But looking back on it, I'm glad I didn't. It's like a year of just straight training, and it's five year contract. And I would miss out on like, like I would still be in training for another if I was recon. I'd still be in training for like those six months. Yeah, but you'd probably also be treated like I, I, mean, I don't know. I don't know because you're you're still a trainee. You're not really you're special operations yet, you know. It's, it's very physical too because you I know you have to like get scuba certified you have to swim like a ton and but it's literally like your special operations yeah yeah, yeah. so I'm glad I went with that so then I was like didn't go with that so I'm glad I was <laughs> so then I was like well I want something that will benefit me afterwards and I really like, like at the house driving around the tractors and the heavy equipment so I was like if I become a heavy equipment operator, I could be a land developer whenever I get out. Land developers make a lot of money. Yeah. So I was like, well, I'll just I'll just be a heavy equipment operator. So I told him that I signed my contract for a heavy equipment operator. So I get through boot camp, still the same. Get through MCT, and it says thirteen seventy one. I'm like, what? And I look it up, and it's like combat engineer. I'm like. I don't want to go combat. <laughs> like I, still, I just want to drive a front end loader. <laughs> was it a scary feeling? 
At first it was, yeah, because I'm like, because I was like doing research on combat engineers. It was like, the first, I was like, combat engineers, USMC. It was like, life expense to see a combat engineer. I was like, 43 seconds of World War II. I'm like, <laughs> 43 seconds? Yeah, it was, it was ridiculous. Oh small number. It makes sense. It makes sense because like, especially back then, World War II, what was that? Was, no, I'm really bad at history. But, no, like, they didn't have as much safety protocols as they do now. And working with this stuff is, like, pretty dangerous. Like, can be dangerous if you don't know what you're doing. But, yeah, I saw that, and I, I wasn't too happy. I was, like, a little bit irritated, because I was, said I was supposed to be going to Missouri for all my training, and I had to stay at Camp Lejeune. And then, yeah. I don't know. It is what it is. I only got three more years left. Yeah, um, I don't know like exactly how the Marine Corps uses um, combat engineers. Like if they use them differently than they, the Army does. But I remember thinking like, damn, those motherfuckers don't die. <laughs> like, does it ever actually happen? Um, because one time we were hitting, and you might do it when you go to Norway, but there wire, there's like a bunch of sea wire around the objective, and like the traditional, typical, like stereotypical thing you do. If you're doing a training event and you get combat engineers, is put a shit ton of sea wire up front and just have them cut it up. What, yeah, yeah, what's crazy is <laughs> like, why. So the reason why it's so dangerous though is like we'll be behind a berm shooting at the enemy, right? I mean, well, okay, it's not shooting; it is shooting at the enemy. There we go. Yeah, um, yeah, and then we kind of like we have like crossfires set up, and then we kind of like open it up a little bit. And then that's when you guys run forward and like throw your little C4 on top of the wire. And that's when you all die. Like, 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 that's when you die. You hear a little reference. Oh, you're going to teach yeah. them? So this is like, uh, kind of. All right. Yeah. All right. So this is like the berm, and this is where the infantry and stuff is. Let's just say that there's like a bunch of C wire right here that you would need to breach. So. They would be firing over at the objective to keep their heads down. And then the combat engineers would run up with a Bangalore, expedient Bangalore, and throw it in right there. Hot smoke, try and get back. That would do it. And then we have a, a marking a, a marking team. So right after that day, the, the marking <laughs> the little gummies that run in front of the fucking things. And I don't think that's retarded. Yeah. <laughs> Like, if you're getting shot at, the, the least of my worries is m marking it. Like, you can see where the sea wire has run through it. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, well, especially during the. Yeah, I mean, it comes into play because they, people will booby trap underneath the sea floor, un, uh, underneath the sea wire. Oh. So if you, but if you run through the 45 degree angle that you created, then you're safe. Well, like, you need to do the stupid hook thing, throw the hook in front of you, lay down on the ground. And then you pull the grapple hook towards you, and then you sprint forward and do it again. Ours isn't a hook; it's like a really long stick. It looks like the Grim Reaper stick. Oh, and right. Like, it, yeah, it looks, yeah. but it's really long, and it's like I forget it has a name, but I forgot. But it like detects for tripwire and stuff. But anyways, yeah. And then the once we mark it and proof it and stuff, then the infantry comes through and like it, it's. Kind of retarded. Well, I know you guys. I don't know. Do you guys also go on the other side of the wire and establish localized support by fire? Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, I was just showing them in. You guys are literally like do the same exact shit. Like you're using the same way Germany's. Yeah, and, and especially on like patrols and stuff, like like say in Afghanistan or something, we're like in the front metal detecting, make sure there's no there's no uh, mines yeah. or booby traps. That's a scary thing. I, I remember talking to some Navy EOD guys. Um bomb people. And um they were pretty interesting. They were uh very unique. Um <laughs> not weird or anything, just not what you normally run into in the military. Like there think is. of think of like a leftist liberal fruitcake. That's what one of them was. Fit as fuck, smart as shit. That's what he was. And the other guy is kind of like a plumber. That's what he looks like. <laughs> one dude looks like a plumber. One dude looks like your average kid at the college campus, just with a lot more muscle. Um, and he had this whole sleeve of information, just equations. Like tattoo? No. Oh, okay. Plastic sleeve, not up here, just like on his forearm yeah. down here. And then he would reference that. And, okay. Uh, for the record, like we never actually went anywhere, but he was just explaining it to me when he was diffusing a bomb. There might be different sorts of bombs and stuff like that. And I guess with different sorts of bombs, they require different things. And I don't think he actually told me anything sensitive, but I won't go into detail about what he did say, just in case any of it's sensitive. Because <laughs> I, I know that maybe they told you too, like uh, any job that. Um, where they teach you how to defuse bombs or work on bombs or anything related with bombs. Um, don't they always, like, kind of keep an eye on you? Like, put, like, an elevated... Um, yeah, elevated security measure to make... And watch your text a little more. See if you're playing out and blowing shit up. <laughs> <laughs> no, they did tell us. They said that once you become... Uh, they're, like, once you, like, start the... Like, once you're... A combat engineer, they said, like, every branch, they said you are on a FBI watch list. He said whenever you go through security at the airport and stuff, he said it'll yeah. take a lot longer because when they scan your name, it'll pop up. And I just don't believe it. I, I don't believe it either because how can you... I don't know. I've heard dumbass rules like that, or not rules, but uh, rumors like that. I'm just, I'm just trying to... When people make claims, I try to imagine it. And I'm just thinking of like Tommy walking in to the FBI, <laughs> morning cup of Joe in his fucking hands. And he's like, All right, dude, what do we got today? And the boss is like, well, we got a terrorist um, that killed 73 people in New York. We've got a US Marine. <laughs> We've got um, this uh, warlord. Over in Southern California, that's uh, waging war against the Serenos. Um, he's the leader of the Bloods in that region. Um, and then we've got a 19 year old kid that was in the Marine Corps. Um, and uh, we did teach him uh, what to do um, should him or any of his brothers in arms step on a landmine and uh, what to do when they discover him. Find him. It's like, what? Yeah. It's like, come on, man. We're not worried about the people. In the military, and they're worried about the crazy motherfuckers that are like, yeah, I don't, I don't really believe that, but yeah, that's the thing. 
they were like, you guys can be on FBI watch list. And one of my one of my instructors a couple months ago, he was like, he's like, yeah, I came straight from out of the field to the shower and went to the airport. And he's like, I went to the metal detectors and I had like, I forget what it was. It was explosive residue on his skin. So. Oh. <laughs> and he's like, you don't understand how hard it was to like explain to them that I just came out of the field after blowing stuff up and I'm not a terrorist. He's like, so they made me like wash it all off and stuff. His cat card wasn't enough to like, hey man. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I would be kind of weary too if I was a security guy and you just got scanned and got swabbed and there's explosive residue all over your skin. It would be a little scary, like it especially would. in airports. Yeah. Have you ever, um, okay, so with Norway, you're leaving for Norway January 20th. Okay. So, have they talked about getting you an official passport yet, or are you flying in um, military transport? They don't tell us they just said we're going to Norway. No, it's not that. It's that they don't know anything yet. <laughs> I get it. Like, we had a whole brief with the whole family. They're like, we got these state-of-the-art facilities, and we spent millions on the gym here, and the barracks are so nice. You only have to share room with four people. And I'm like... <laughs> well, I did actually see that video. I don't want to get you in any trouble, so we probably shouldn't talk too much about, like, negatively about it. But, uh... The video with Sergeant, it's a Sergeant Major, right? You guys have Sergeant Majors in the Marines? Yeah. Yeah. Sergeant Major of the Marine Corps. Right? Yeah. I think. Dude, have you fucked up and like one of your platoon has watched this? I think Hey, he gets a pot, he gets fast if he's on my podcast, all right? Don't fuck him up. Oh, dude, why do you gotta do that, man? See, that's something with Jacob, if anyone in his platoon actually does watch this. I don't know why. Um, but he always has like this desire to get a reaction. Next week, I'll be like, "Hi, horrible. I'm going <laughs> Um, and it, he's just always been like that. <laughs> I used to throw Xbox controllers at him when I was seven. I used to get beat. Yeah. <laughs> um, where are you going? <laughs> yeah, Sergeant Major Black. Uh, he made a video. And he was addressing like a lot of the issues, I guess, in the Marine Corps. Um, now I'm sure every Marine watched it and like laughed their ass off. Like, yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. It does suck. No, I mean, like the thing with him is uh, that guy's really said all the right things. He's really, um, if he follows through with what he said, that he's going to do. It should make things a lot better. I think he talked a lot about improving. Um, his big thing is he wants to improve uh, the lifestyle of your average Marine. Like <laughs> barracks rooms, he wants to improve the barracks life. <laughs> I mean, I understand it. Whenever we go to Norway, it's not it's not a U.S. base. No, no, it's a it's an air base. We're gonna be staying in their barracks. Yeah. So I mean, they're giving us like the best they can. I think, or they may have just made it sound like amazing in front of like the whole. Like all the oh, yeah. Oh, they're talking about the general in Oh. Oh, but no, in Norway they're saying you're gonna get good barracks and everything. Yeah, but we have to share room with like five other people. That's but, okay. But yeah, it's okay. It's only for a couple. At of least we get barracks. Yeah. <laughs> on the field. Oh. I remember I was sitting in, in the front, and he's like, "Y'all are gonna just be." He's like, 
just embarrassed. And I was like, he's like, you thought you were just he was sitting in the field freezing the whole time. He's like, which you are, but when you're not in the field, you can stay in the field. But who told you that? Uh, Lieutenant Colonel. What, you said like you recorded? You made a recorder or something? No, I was sitting, they put me in the front row whenever we had a brief. Oh, no. <laughs> so it was like, did he ask if anyone has any questions? Yeah, and I'm just there. Did he try to call on people? <laughs> no, they do that sometimes. They're yeah, like, no. hey, does anybody have questions? It's like, all right, we're not leaving until we have five questions. Oh, my somebody God. was like, how's your day, sir? And he's like, stupid question. Who has another they question? They don't fuck up for that? Huh? No. So, it was, no, because it was the whole, it was like, well, for who? Are you talking about Lieutenant Colonel? Yeah. Yeah. He did well, no, he said five questions. Not on the spot. Like, after it's over, hey, you fucking idiot. Oh, they don't yeah, yeah, yeah. sir. Yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, get over here, you dumb fuck. <laughs> I remember, uh, uh, <laughs> I don't mean to get, like, military nonstop on this, but, uh, and I hate people that sit there and tell basic training stories. So, yeah. But, uh, I'm going to. So, um, <laughs> it's not really a story. It says, the, the funniest thing I think I ever heard a drill sergeant say, um, you know, we were at sick call, uh, not because we were sick, we had to get like some vaccines or something. And, I hated that. Did it make um, you just walk down the thing as they just poked you? Well, that was more of, like that meth, or not meth, sorry, uh, 30th AG, the processing unit. Um, <laughs> once you're actually in basic training, um, you, like you do most of your processing, you're in processing before you start. You're like a Thing at a place called or in a unit called 30th AG, it's an in processing unit. And then after you're in process, um, they'll ship you off to another uh, company to, you know, do your BCT. But how long is a how long is are you at 30th AG? About two or three weeks, and then you go. But anyways, I, I never thought. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so the drill sergeant. Right. We're to call fucking just hanging out and everything. And I don't know, we're just standing around waiting. Yeah, Cause we're not really taking direction from our drill sergeants at this point. We're taking uh, direction from like our, uh, our medical staff. You know, they told us to just go stand over here. I don't know. What's that thing that people get married in? Is that the only reason it's made? I don't know what else it could possibly be. A gazebo? Yeah. Yeah. They had a gazebo outside of sick call, so we were just standing. And this drill sergeant drives by. They all have vans. I don't know why vans, but they all have vans. Yeah, and this dude—it's like four drill sergeants in there, driving by, normal speed. Hits the fucking brakes as hard as he like. It was just so obnoxiously over the top. How hard this man hit his brakes. He hit it like someone brake jacked him, you know? He hit that shit. He rolled, the girls are next to him, rolled down his window. He's like, hey, quit it, I'm swindling around, you fucking idiots. And then they just walked off. <laughs> like, I'm swindling around. The hell you mean that? Swindling around. <laughs> I don't know, though. Um, I think it's like when you have ultimate power and you can talk shit to people and they're not allowed to talk shit back. Yeah. You that goes in your head a little bit, and you start thinking you're way more clever than you are, and you start saying things <laughs> that people. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the best part about it because like they start saying the dumbest shit, but they think it's smart because you can't say anything back. Yeah, you fucking fucking 
readier piece of shit. Readier piece of shit. <laughs> what, what are you? <laughs> and then you like start to laugh. And they're like, it's, it's some funny <laughs> And you're like, no. Yeah, you are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, all the time. That's crazy how uh, your receiving week is like three weeks long. Ours is three days. It's worse, in my opinion, of ECT. Oh, oh, for sure. The receiving days. Uh, at, oh, is it, camp, would you say it's the same for asylum? I don't know. They keep you up for three days straight, and you just oh. get all your shots. All so your that's shots. not rumor. That's true. Oh no, yeah, it's true. Like they'll they'll have you just be sitting there, and somebody out of an entire freaking company will end up. Like, all right, everybody stand yeah. up. On day like three, you're like literally falling asleep standing up, and then they. But it's weird during receiving, they feed you every like two hours. They give you a sandwich every two hours, like box show. Do you remember that? I don't every know if you guys every two hours. Yeah, it was weird. They gave us like they gave us like a box shot, so it had a sandwich, like fruit, raisins, like some sort of cookies and chips every two hours. Like I felt so fat at the end of receiving because I was like, <laughs> <laughs> but as soon as we met, met our drill instructors, they like, you know how like whenever they run out there, they're like. Go ballistic and like start screaming at everybody's face. Yeah, yeah, I was like, there's I, no logic to it. Yeah, I was like, noise. I was literally smiling because I was like, I'm fangirling. This is all <laughs> I've seen. I'm just standing there like, <laughs> just like watching it. It's it fun. It's like what you watched the videos on. Watched ridiculous. Yeah, before I, I watched like so many, and then I was like, whenever I got off the bus, you know how we're like. Signify, and I'm just like zoned out, man. I'm like, there's nothing here. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> I think I told you before, but when I got off the bus, I forgot my hat <laughs> or my PC or oh, my headgear, whatever it was. Um, well, when you see, when you have 300 other people that all have their hat on, <laughs> they make you do this. No, yeah. every time we forgot what, do this. Every time we forgot our covers, like in the chat hall, we had no idea. Everybody's running out, surrounds outside, like, <laughs> and then they're like, they're making you say something retarded, and they're like, this recruit forgot his cover. Where is it? This, I don't, this recruit doesn't know, sir. It's just so What's the dumbest thing you did in boot camp that won't get you in trouble? If any of your superiors happen to hear about it too. Laughter on the bench would be crazy. He's like screaming at me. And like this guy right next to me, he's like slapped his hygiene bag up and just started stomping him. Like broke all his razors and stuff in it. Oh, the drill sergeant. Yeah. I thought you were saying one of the privates just dropped his fucking bag and started stomping on it. Everything in like boot camp is so ridiculous. Like we had to, so our hygiene bag, it's a brown bag that has a loop on it. Yeah. If you we have to hold it like this, forty-five degree angle. And then but if the loop was facing outwards, you got like just screwed up for that. So you had to always have the loop facing inwards. You had to walk like this. Like yeah. everything was forty five degree angle. This guy had his loop facing outwards. We're just standing online. And then you go there and walk by just slams on the ground and like throws a temper tantrum, just starts like jumping on it and stuff. I'm just and this is like while we were still at attention. We had to be at attention. I was just like <laughs> And like, is something funny came out? And I was like, oh, no, sir. <laughs> and then he's like, this is after we just showered and everything. And he's like, all right, everybody on your face. <laughs> and we're down there like, they're all like, push up, bring on. We get like soaked in sweat because I just laughed in his face. And I'm like, all right, <laughs> it was funny. <laughs> 
that was the biggest thing I got in trouble for just smiling in boot camp. It was like, I don't know. They're always like, like, like break you. It is insubordinate, but it's also not like, you know, <laughs> we get in JP for this shit kind yeah. of thing, you know? What are they going to do? Just smile at that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would deny it for a quarter of us. So, Sergeant, um, I don't know, uh, Smith. <laughs> Sergeant Smith, uh, why is it that you want, why are you recommending NJP action on uh, Private Kidwell? Uh, you laughed in my face. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um, yeah, I remember one time in basic training, it, I felt bad for them, but it was funny. Uh, it was this other platoon, and like the real sergeant told them, bring a water cooler up to their bay. It was about to get hot. <laughs> they went out there and they did this whole. I think he said you guys did it too. The water into the bridge where you stick your butt in the air and someone crawls yeah. like on their belly under yeah, everybody. We the house. Yeah, we call it water under the bridge. Like water under the bridge. Be fine. Mm -hmm. Like they're not looking at you. <laughs> I used that in boot camp. I did like the bare minimum. I was like, this is so gay. Like, <laughs> we're discussing back and forth for like an hour, and I'm like, I'm not doing this anymore. So I'm just like walking, dragging my scuzz brush on the ground. I'm like, get down. You want to stand up? Because I knew at the end this of the day. You fucking hate 18 year olds. I knew at the end of the day. I knew in my head, they're going to do this regardless of how good we do it. They're going to. Do this for the allotted time. I'm like, they have to let us go to dinner. They have to let us go to lunch. Yeah. They have to put us in bed by eight or seven. They don't have to give us square away time, which is like our hour of time. But I'm like, you were figuring out their rules. Like, yeah. I'm like, they have to do this, and they can't. They can't PTS for so long. So I'm like, they're just gonna do it the max because we have nothing else to do today. We already did all of our training came back and stuff and like in the house like the drill sergeant house there was a window right there and yeah. there was like a training bench so i would like look through the window and see what we were doing that day and yeah. then so I, I knew whenever we got back everybody hated me but like ultimately at the towards the end of it they're like yeah i'm not doing this anymore i'm like i told you guys it's it's literally just a game you play the game right <laughs> it did suck though being away from family and just having like so little letters and the yeah. boot camp like this is whenever Ukraine like just went to Russia and they're like I promise all y'all are going to be in Moscow in a month and I'm like <laughs> no honestly <laughs> I don't want to leave I hate to say it I'm not saying that like the army is a bad branch um, you gotta be careful what you say whenever you're saying that on air <laughs> like I, I really like I just to be straight, I mean, as you know, um, I'm really happy that I'm not in the army. Um, but I, I do genuinely mean like, I, I don't feel um, any regret joining. I'm glad I did. And even while I was in, I had that same mindset. I was like, I don't regret this, but uh, I'll be glad when it's over. It's a chapter I'm glad I'm had. I'm glad I had, but I'll be glad when that chapter's over. Yeah. You know? A lot of people are like, uh, but <laughs> sorry to interrupt you, but. I, I just wanted to finish my point. The um, Marines, however, I would feel a little bit safer going to war, having joined the Marines, than uh, just your normal average army infantry unit. Like, I know it varies, and like, you know, you got some platoons out there that are just knocking it out of the park, and they're just like a normal <laughs> grunt infantry platoon. 
but it just seems generally speaking that like and i mean i'm not a general one i haven't like looked at any data or anything like i don't really know obviously but uh it does seem the marine corps is a little bit more square like boot camp your boot camp experience sounds like it was a bit rougher uh, just with the absence of cell phones um yeah you have cell phones yeah, we did have cell phones, and you could earn cell phone time as a platoon um, through platoon competitions towards the end of DCT. Well, and it varies per company. That's another big difference between the Marine and the Marine Corps, from what I understand. The Marines, <clears throat> it seems like everything's a bit more about the Corps, you know? Really cool. Yeah. Everyone's big, and their pride is based on being a Marine, not necessarily the job, you know? Whereas the army, it's more like your job and your unit. So if I'm in the army and I want to like brag, I'm not like, ha, I'm a soldier. <laughs> you Marines. Like it's nothing like that. It's more like, yeah, I'm in the infantry, you cold ass bitch. Yeah. <laughs> and in the infantry, airborne, I jump out of fucking planes, motherfucker. You know, like that's uh, that's kind of how it is. Um, but I, I think the Marine Corps just doesn't better job at toughening you up than like you're going to war like don't get me wrong i wouldn't want to go through marine corps training but if i was going to war i'd want it to be hard i'd hate it i'd complain i'd bitch but i want it to be hard you don't even learn any you do but you don't you don't learn any tactics or anything basically just learning to follow orders drilling all the time it like they want you to be so physically fit. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, but like we don't, we didn't learn any like skirmishers or. Uh, That's a World War II tactic. Skirmishers. Yeah, I mean, like, because I have that Milson team on uh, that Milson team on Xbox, and I was studying the field manual from the Army in World War II to see if they used different strategies or tactics. And one thing they talked about was like the squad leader. Which, back in World War II, I guess the mentality was the squad leader, and he always leads from the front, should be up front. It's not the way it's it is real. now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, it's wherever you have the most command and control, right? Um, but it used to always be like, hey, squad leader, get your ass up front. <laughs> and then when he sees like enemy, he'd be like, skirmishers, right? And then everybody just wagon wheels around, and they all get online, and Yeah, we didn't learn any of that until two weeks before we graduated. Really? Yep. And then we it's weird though because you your boot camp is your MOS, you call it MOS too. Yeah. Yeah, your MOS is uh incorporated into your boot camp. Yeah, I already know that. Ours is thirteen weeks of boot camp and then four weeks of MCT, which is Marine combat training. Yeah, it's it's only four weeks, but I mean Yeah, it's kind it's also kind of just Okay, that's where we shoot uh, table yeah. two through six. So that's where we learn to, because in boot camp, we're always taught to hold the rifle like this, just whatever will give us the best score to get our little badge on her. Whatever we get to, whatever we really? get to. Yeah. There you, no, you don't train that fight? No, they're like, they're like, whatever, really? yeah. Whatever we got to well, what's your test? Like, what do you do for your test? 100 meter. Don't Not PT test, the uh, marksmanship test. Yeah, it's like 100 meters shooting, or 100 meters standing, 
200 meters sitting, kneeling, uh, 300 meters sitting, kneeling, 500 meters prone. Any barricades? No, that's in, um, if well, you see, we have like little cutouts like that. Yeah, oh yeah, we have the same. And then you have to, uh, yeah, yeah, see broken and all that shit. Yeah, but we didn't learn yeah. any of the have your hand on the tech point where you're going until no. MCT. Yeah, I mean, I guess I would agree totally with like just game it however you got to game it and pass that test because. 500 meter shots pretty hard. Iron sights? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Okay, at least you got that. Yeah, but it's still pretty hard because those boot camp rifles are, yeah. they've been through like solar cycles, through the crucible so many times, like completely soaked. They, they don't get rid of it until that thing blows up. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, it's been a nineteen horse. <laughs> it really has. It's like, I didn't even have It was just metal in there. Like all of our gear in boot camp two that we got is just yeah. like it has rips all in it. It was absolutely terrible. Yeah. I think I think it gets like new gear. Like whenever I got here, um mine's still in blue. No, I'm totally joking. But it's Easily, whenever you start bleeding, come to my room and pour blood on my stuff because then I don't have to clean it. <laughs> really? Yeah, you don't have to clean it if you get blood on Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, so he was dude, mine was a keep it all, man. And, and like, I'm not obviously like you're not throwing it away, but <laughs> I'm just saying, like, try to. I would definitely advise trying to be a little bit. Discipline when it comes to your um, gear. Like, make sure you fucking know where every. It's not going to be your kit that you lose. It's going to be the little tiny buckle from the fourth rucksack that you got that you never used and has been sitting in your closet for three years. You get one. I have five. <laughs> we get one. Yeah, it was just um, they kept upgrading it. We'd get the newest generation, but we would never turn our old one in. So by the time I left, I had this many plates. Which means they they so they upgrade their plates from the time from now until the time I get out, I have to buy the new plates. Whenever I turn it. That's all in my focus. You, you have to buy them like you have to so you know the little uh not the plate carrier, the the sappies inside of it. If you if they upgrade it. The sappies or you talking about actual plates? Yes. Oh yeah. So if they upgrade it to a higher version, if if they change the plates at all, you have to buy the new plates before you go. Why do you have to buy them though? So you bought your plates? No, but if so the plates I have now, if they make a new version of that, whenever I turn in all my gear, I have to have the new version of that and I have to buy it. But what do you mean you have to buy the new plates? I have to buy the new plates. Did I show it to you? No. Not if you, not if you have the old plates. You wouldn't just turn in the old plates and get new plates. That's what my corporal said. He's like, it sucks. He's like, I have to buy new plates now because they upgraded them. He's like, every time they upgrade, like new sappies, you have to buy the new sappies. That just sounds so wrong. Yeah, it sounds accurate. Yeah, I know. I may be wrong, but that's what him and a couple other corporals were talking about. 
so that they have to buy new sappies because they're about to get out, but it's upgraded since last time. That sounds like if so <clears throat> I know it sounds like it's been a reach, but to me that sounds like if you join a branch that you're for and it needs to steal from its members, you go. <laughs> no, I'm for real. Like, no, you're not for real. <laughs> Careful. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, if I get you in trouble, we'll, we'll never let me live that down. <laughs> Jake went on Jeremiah's podcast one time. Yeah. I don't know, it'll cut you some slack since I said that I think I'd feel safer in the Marine Corps going to work. You remember uh, yeah, the Navy guy, right? Yeah. He yeah. said that he was at Afghanistan for years. He was like, he's like, he left the wire like 35 times or something like that. He's like, really? Actually, yeah. Wasn't he an officer? Yeah. I thought they would do that. I don't know. What was it? Wait, wasn't he like a reservist? A Navy reservist? Oh, he's active? How did he live in Plank City? Still. Oh, right. Right. Okay. So, uh, giving away his little page here. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Anytime a SEAL goes on a podcast, they all know that they're at Coronado. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, he's like, yeah, so we got a call that we are, that there is like something about to go down and we have to go. He's like, so we're all, he's like, we're in the home. He's listening to like five, what is it? Five finger, finger punch. Oh, five finger death punch. Yeah. yeah. He's like, so we're in there just like, getting all hyped up and stuff and he's like and I was with a bunch of Marines and he's like I, I was so excited he's like if I wanted to go to war with anybody I wanted it to but not he's like if I wanted to go get in a firefight with anybody I wanted to be alongside these Marines he's like they're he's like Marines are very highly trained especially these ones and so he's like they're driving and you can't really go fast in these Humvees because I mean, it could it's dangerous. It could flip or it's well, like, they have like no shocks. Yeah, it's un, it's unknown terrain too, because like you gotta be careful. Anyways, he's like, so they get there, and as soon as they get there, they call it off. And he's like, that does something to you mentally, because like it's the past forty five minutes, you're like, all right, you're like getting all your adrenaline's like super high. You're gonna you're like, all right, I'm gonna go, about to go bull some people up, <laughs> and then you get there, and they're like, all right, we're done. Who <laughs> showed me pictures? Yeah, I know I have a buddy that uh, on a jump, he was, you know, airborne jump, he was on the plane, you know, when, if you don't know, it's a whole day of prep before you jump. So, I mean, like, anything from packing your rock to rigging it to, um, Going through all the pre-jump uh, training, it's four-hour, and it's four hours with several blocks of instruction where they have you practice for every conceivable type of emergency that may or may not happen in the air. <laughs> um, anything from landing in power lines to hanging from a tree and how to lower yourself from that, um, all that stuff. And then, you know, so you, you have that whole day of prep, working up for it. You know, you get to the Baja, that's what we call the place where you get rigged up. And, you know, you get rigged up and then you get on the plane. Um, getting a little nervous now, right? And then you get into the drop zone. 
the jump masters start doing their commands like book uh, or whatever they are. I don't know if they hate some symbols, but uh, signals. But um, basically, they have them hook up everything, getting ready to jump. Red light. Jump got, <laughs> jump got scratched. <laughs> yeah. Literally in the plane, hooked up, doors open, jump scratched. I think that and that's not uncommon. That's not uncommon at all. Which that seems like it would do something to be like mentally, like you're getting all hyped up, you're like, all right, we're doing this, and then they're like, never mind. <laughs> you gotta do it tomorrow. I think it does. Just get it over with. I think it does. Yeah, I think it's easy to chill. Like, yeah. A lot of times, the people in charge of you, like, directly in charge of you, don't even know what's going on. Yeah. Because, like, we, I learned that out on field ops. Like, they're the same exact, they're in the same exact position as you, except they have authority. Yeah. Because they're <laughs> like, because I, I was, was like, you and then Corporal Bird, he's like, yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> he's <laughs> like, we're just sitting here waiting for service next time. <laughs> Dave yeah. would just post the security at this point. But yeah. There was a more to take off anything you do kind of. Well now you're asking me on the internet. And so if I say it here, then I have to follow through with whatever I say. Yes. Well I Jeremiah Kidwell do hereby. Dave. <laughs> <laughs> that I do not fucking know what I'm doing. <laughs> Um, it's like a really big war, like against Russia, or I don't know. I mean, people ask that, and I've talked, like uh, I've answered it, but I think, um, but being honest, it's kind of hard to know what you're gonna do until you have all the information. You know, like until you're actually in that situation, you know all the facts, you know what's going on. Did you have to go through boot camp I might just go to Germany. Um, <laughs> no. I am good for two years upon an ETSing, I think. Um, I, I think I can just immediately go to a duty station if I re-enlisted. Um, however, if I get outside of those two years, I will have to go through a BCT again. Um, but, you know, when you're going through with prior service, I don't think it's the same in the Marine Corps. Is it the same in the Marine Corps? Did they have prior service guys coming through? Like uh, people, Air Force, Army? Not with me, but they. Really? So if you're prior service, they give you your own room. Oh, they um, do. yeah, they give them their own room. So they let them go off base on the. I think they let them go off base on the weekends. Maybe it's just in the grocery store. I don't know. Um, so, yeah, so they don't talk to you like shit, well, especially yeah. if you're an NCO. They treat you like an NCO. You still have to attend all the training events, but you're not getting treated. You're not, no one's screaming in your face. If the privates are being made to do push-ups, you're not. You're just there. You're actually probably treated way better in BCT as a prior service guy than you would be in your real unit. Yeah. I'm just kidding. I don't know if that's true. I don't think that's true. <laughs> I think it's just when you're going through BCT, um, the contrast between you and them, you're like, oh, that guy's like a normal person. <laughs> I'm just this giant turd. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're on the army. What's next? I don't know what now. Well, uh, programming is the, the adult response. Yeah. <laughs> computer, 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 computer programming. 
Um, just because I like the freedom, or it's not necessarily computer programming. It could be web development, just some kind of programming. Something I could do remotely. Do you have any experience with this before? Just as a kid. Um, and then, of course, the podcasting and then some really bad stand-up comedy on the side. Um, <laughs> and uh, she's, she figures in comedy on VR, and she's like, it's terrible. Yeah, but that's <laughs> also not a terrible movement. Yeah. It's like 17 nine-year-olds in there. <laughs> They're all just screaming and yelling the whole Whenever time. I went today, this kid was just on stage like singing for like four times. And I'm like, you are terrible. <laughs> yeah. It's okay if they're bad. Just get one of the jokes. I don't need to hear baby got bad. <laughs> yeah. I like the ones that are nervous though to sing. And they're like, I just got on and he just walked up to me and he just started rapping. And I look over and I'm like, is this music playing or is he actually talking? And he starts laughing. And I'm like, it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, you need to go to college for to be able uh, to program? Yeah. No, I think you can actually attend some all way classes. Um, <laughs> But I just figured I'd go for it. <laughs> I got the GI Bill and all that. Um, I really like the freedom that's attached to it. You know, I wanted to be a pilot. Yeah. I really didn't like the restrictions of that. Um, and then Fun. being podcasted to watch. Being forced to. Uh, no, don't, no, don't get me wrong. There's way worse jobs than being a pilot. No, um, but I, I just don't like any company telling me what I can and can't do. I know that sounds ridiculous. But like, even with five, I don't think a company should get to tell me if I can or can't smoke five. Even if I don't smoke five, why are you telling me I can't? Like, it's not, you paid me to do a job, not to rule my life, you know? Yeah, but that could be also interpreted as like, when people's lives can risk. So if you're high and you're a pilot, people's lives no, can no, be at risk. Yeah, no, that's again, I'm not um, in opposition to people that have dangerous jobs that affect themselves and others. Um, if you're a plumber, <laughs> yeah, you right. Me, then, I mean, that's up to you, but like... No one's going to die. Yeah, you're, you're not going to... I don't know. You're not going to be putting people's lives at risk. Yeah. And it's not just weed. I mean, it's everything. Like, okay, what if they're like, hey, you're going to fly to New York tomorrow. I don't want to play anymore. Like, <laughs> don't get me wrong. I know it's ridiculous. I know I sound like yeah. I'm an entitled retard. Um, but I'm not going to those companies and then getting pissed off over it. I'm identifying that I have that problem now and picking a job that will let me have the freedom that I want. <laughs> yeah, I see what you mean. She's like, she's like, I hate how my boss can call me and be like, can you come into work today? Like, I'm just gonna tell them no because I'm not scheduled. I'm like, that's how a job works. If they need people, they're gonna call people. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, I, I understand what she's saying. I think it's just a company. Yeah, it's just a company trying to function. If I had a company, I'd want employees that I could call in to come do their job. Nothing <laughs> worse. But uh, yeah, yeah, I, I understand. What about you? I mean, like, does that 
Well, I guess you don't really have a lot of experience or any. Do you have any? Uh, like, have you worked? No, no, not that. Have you worked um, besides the Marine Corps? Uh, I worked at logistics and then uh, the concrete. And then I worked at oh, uh, yeah, yeah, sure. and right. Jody's. And then, uh, yeah, so I, I worked there for like four, four months. Yeah. It was fun. I like I liked building the stuff, but then I got, it was like, I don't want to talk bad about it at all. But towards the end of it, it was like, because they were like in a low time right there. Yeah. Like then, and they, uh, they didn't have many people that were experienced, like yeah. experienced enough. So they couldn't really accept all this work. So then they were like, hey, you don't have any like work this week. So then, but I didn't want to be like on call for them to be like, hey, come in tomorrow. So I was just like, yeah. I'm just going to quit and I'm going to work, yeah. work around the house and do stuff like that. Because I wanted to be able to have as much freedom as I could before I went to boot camp. Yeah. So I've decided, yeah, I was just going to say, Jody. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> don't hate me. <laughs> but yeah, I did that. And I worked at uh, logistics some. And yeah. Uh, yeah, those are my two main jobs for. Yeah, Harris. Um, that, that was very, very struggle, but they're a really tough location because it's really hard to find employees. They get really Especially good with skills. Like yeah. the. Um, shop house. Oh, really? Kingsport. Yeah, they were renovating. Like, oh, yeah, they get like really good jobs, and they do really good. Uh, their problem is manpower, right? It's, yeah, it's yeah. they, Tommy, uh, Tommy and Jerry, they're both like super meticulous. Like everything has to be done like perfectly. Like I even saw it with them. One thing was like off, and like nobody would notice it. But they're yeah. like, I don't like that. So we like ripped whatever we're doing back up, and I'm like. Yeah, like they're so they're good. Precise. Yeah. But I don't know. Should have split their content. Great job. Part of the reason I am as hard as I am um in the direction of not telling you what I can do is because of the army. Yeah, like I was already kind of like like that. Um but the army definitely pushed me very far in that direction. Just like, oh, I just, that's already getting going. I'm so done with it. I've yeah. used that. Oh. You guys are watching a sweaty shirt. Yeah. Do I smell? Yeah. Just making sure this doesn't have the yellow on it. And if I smell, I'm blaming it on that shirt, not my body odor. Yeah, but if you hear him comment on it, it's the shirt. That that shirt, not the one that's on me, because I'm a clean person. Okay, back to the Just so you can smell. Um, somebody that you can respect. Um, and, you know, for being clean. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I ran into a fucking asshole today at the sauna. Um... Well, I, okay, so I did my workout, I got into the sauna, and, you know, it was about 10 minutes. Yeah, I spilled a little water on my table. It's like, I was in the sauna for about 10 minutes, and then, like, this old fucker comes into the sauna. And I'll socialize, like, I don't care. Um, I'm all about socialization in the sauna. I don't care how many people are. I'll talk to you. Um, 
But, you know, there's like seven dudes in there this time. No one's talking, um, except for these two gentlemen that are talking about biking or riding a motorcycle all the way down to Nashville or whatever, or over to Nashville. And just one dude walks in, and he's like, you know, he walks in and he just like looks around the room, and already he's got a problem. He's like looking at everyone, and he's got a problem that there's too many. And one guy's like, oh, actually, I'm on my way out. And I'm pretty sure he's on his way out because he saw that that guy came in. And it's just some old, fat, mean, grumpy old piece of shit. Um, <laughs> really old family never listens to this. Essentially, that grumpy old fat piece of shit. I'm not talking about anyone in the family. But he comes in and he sits down and I start making conversation with him. Um, we start going on. I, I kind of like lose interest in the conversation. So I don't want to be rude, but I'm kind of like trying to like detach from the conversation. Um, and uh, so like, I'm just kind of like, yeah, or yeah, I don't know. Or what, what's that? Um, or oh, so you're, you know, blah, blah, blah. And this guy was telling me that he was the chairman of a music department at a college, or he's retired from that or something. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, so you're a musician. <laughs> I said I work in a music department. Uh, I chair a music department. But, oh, you chair it? I didn't hear that. She's like, well, even if I didn't chair it, I'm going to teach math in there. I don't fucking know what all they teach in the music department. They didn't know that every single person in the history of time that's ever been in the music department has been a musician. I mean, there's in stand-up, there's people out there that aren't comedians that are still involved in the business. Like, I don't know. There's there's Cuss, D'Amato, that coach, that coach Mike Tyson was not a fighter, but he was the best coach in the world. Like, I don't know. Hey, he's just being a fucking asshole. And so I'm like, I don't know. That's what I told him. Yeah. <laughs> but then I just started being overly nice because I recognized that this guy is a fucking dick. And so I just started being like over the top. I just started pissing him off. Because um, he started being a dick to me. And so I just pretended to be like, like uh, what's that word? Ignorant. No, not ignorant. Uh, oblivious. Oblivious, yeah. I tried to be oblivious to uh, him being pissed off at me and just be more and more curious about his life. So, yeah, so like, what kind of music? Country? I know that pissed him off. <laughs> <laughs> and then when he left, like, everyone in the sauna was like, yeah. But I see that was like your first interaction with that guy. And I hate people coming. Like you're just sitting there, like the sauna we have on this is like pretty small. It's like probably from there to there. And we're just sitting there and people will come in there and just be like Oh like so obnoxiously loud. I'm like, go out there and stretch and then come back in here. Like, that, is, that is annoying. <laughs> actually felt kind of nice. <laughs> I mean it feels good. So like <laughs> Welcome back to the stretching podcast. <laughs> One thing I thought was interesting during yoga was you know the butterfly thing? Yeah. You put your feet together? Yeah. Well, the 
the yoga lady had me grab my feet and stretch my shoulders out. It wasn't like a leg exercise or leg stretch. Yeah. I mean, it still stretched legs out, but like, yeah, she actually used it to stretch out her shoulders and stuff. Yeah. They do some really interesting things in yoga. So, um, have you like, uh, kind of like the way they warm you up, you'll be on your hands and knees, and then they'll tell you to do like big circles with your butt. You feel really gay. But if you're alone in a room, it's not gay. Uh, and you're doing it. He looks through and has no idea what you're doing. Yeah. But I, I, I don't know. I go to the wellness center now. Uh, just so that everyone here on YouTube knows, if anyone ever wants to shock me, I'm at the wellness center. Johnson City, Tennessee. My address is, I'm sorry. I won't go that far. Well, <laughs> 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 um, I mean, we can wrap it up. Play on Yeah, I think so. I don't know for sure, but um, for me, like, I want to be near family. I'm sure you feel that now after having been away from family. And that's how I feel. Uh, I've been away plenty. Now I just want to be around family. The problem is mom's all the way over in Iowa. Iowa. She moved uh, from Indiana. New job. Um, yeah, she's actually got pretty... Cool job. It's like, uh, how does she find these jobs so far? Like, she lives in Florida and found a job in Indiana. back to Florida. Well, you ever look for a job on Indeed? They're all over the place, man. You just punch in every pin. Got to be looking for it. I mean, what made her, uh, look up to every Okay, so she didn't necessarily go looking in Iowa. Um, it's just with the job she's getting into, she's going to be a death counselor. So, yeah, death counselor. So basically, uh, basically, it's if you go on hospice and you have six months or less to live, you'll have a death counselor come to you. And they'll help. It's a, it's a weird title. I don't know what other titles there are for it. But basically, she's a minister. Um, so she's got to be able to minister to them in whatever religion they choose. And... Um, she can also help them out. Like, let's say that you're dying and things would be a lot better if you could get this surgery for 5,000 bucks. But you don't have 5,000 bucks. Timmy has 5,000 bucks or Ethan has 5,000 bucks. And, you know, I don't want to go and ask Ethan and it's done. It went over you. Yeah, that launched all the way to the wall. <laughs> that was like a fucking self-propelled airplane. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, just drying the list. <laughs> um but you know, so like maybe because Ethan's my brother, I feel weird about hitting him up and being like, hey man, you gonna help the Jake out and give him five grand? Well fuck you, why don't you do it? Like, you know, like that type of shit. Whereas, like, a death, a death counselor, she can call in and be like, hey, I don't know if you know this, but your brother's dying. I just said that you know, and he could really benefit from this surgery for 5000 bucks or whatever. It's not like she sells it, but she can ask questions that they can't. You know, like, you wouldn't want to go ask Ethan if you're dying, you know? But maybe your counselor can. 
Um, yeah, so she's a death counselor, but that's a really hard field to get into because, I mean, like, it's not something you really want to take a chance on somebody. How do you minister to everybody? You just read their... I'm going to you know, how you're supposed to do it. Um, I don't know if she's required to preach things that she doesn't believe in, or if she just has to provide the resources to be able to... Yeah, but her... It's funny the way she says it, because, like, her whole mission is to make sure that you have a good death. <laughs> yeah, and uh, a lot of deaf counselors, apparently they know how to play guitar. Um, different instruments with them. Yeah, you're keeping them comfy. You know, you're trying to help reassure them, give them help them find their peace. Um, I forget. I wish I didn't, but I forget everything she said. Some of it was like, uh, a lot of people think that the biggest thing that people are afraid of when they're dying is death. But it's not death. It's, um, no, I don't want to say what's after. I think it's what everyone else is thinking of. I, I, no, I, I, I don't remember, but she was going through like a lot of like situations you would run into as a deaf counselor and how to handle those situations. I don't know if she um, this. Seems like it would take quite a bit of college or some sort of training. She did recently get a master's. Um, I don't know. She's got a bunch of uh, degrees and certifications and a bunch of different things. <laughs> she's a paralegal. Um, she's a minister. Currently a director and like supervises therapists. Um, and now she's a deaf counselor. And she's a certified minister. Which I think really was pretty good. Yeah, I don't know. Um, honestly, I think I probably got that from her as far as like bouncing around. Yeah, dude, because I went from construction to sales to coffee. Yeah, to coffee and getting fired from Duncan. Uh, yeah, back to construction to army to kind of being a manager or nothing. Yeah, I guess. Um, now I'm not really in the stock investment phase <laughs> for the time being. I'm at the get a car, however the fuck I can get a car phase. <laughs> <laughs> did you uh did you hear about that stock AMTD a couple months ago? One of my friends when we were in school, he was like, Yo, you gotta you gotta look at this stock. And I was like, all right, he's like, so he put in like fifteen thousand dollars, whatever that fourteen dollars a share, and so he's like, "Yo, you gotta buy in at this." It was like twenty three dollars or something like that. So I put in like twenty bucks or something like that, and then it went up to like a hundred bucks, and I'm like, "All right, I'm selling out." <laughs> and then he was like, "I'm just gonna keep mine." It went up to over two thousand dollars a share. How much did you? Huh? I only made like. 30 something bucks because I, oh, I I was scared to go into it. He's like, trust me, dude, it's gonna be great. He's like, but it'll be I promise, just trust me. So he put in like two thousand dollars or something ridiculous, whatever it was like fourteen dollars a share. And then it went up to like three hundred or four hundred. Sold a little bit, and then it dropped back down. He's like, ah, I 
think there's still something there. So he bought more, and then it went up to over two thousand dollars a share. And he has over it's like a couple. Of years. Yeah. That's how it always works, you know. Yeah, because even after that, I was like listening to a lot. All right, I'll listen to you now. <laughs> Which was the next one, and then I none of them like took off. I have AMC. I have a lot of money in AMC and this one. <laughs> yeah, I don't mess around much with single stocks. Um, I did some, the, uh, like S and H and PPQ. Yeah, I mean, you talk about that. It's yeah, like, I still have a lot. Yeah. Um, but <clears throat> you remember GameStop? Yeah. That was pretty great. Yeah, that was basically kind of like the Doge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, people keep saying that is GameStop and AMC. Like, if you look up on Twitter, there's GME and a AMC. Apparently, those are pretty closely related. Um, well, I think AMC wasn't that like another control stock? Yeah, or, yeah, both, uh, yeah. Stock. yeah. And uh, so I bought in on it, <laughs> and then they did like a stock split, so it was at like 20 something. So they did a stock split, so everyone was like ten dollars, and then you had 10 uh AMC coin or something like that. And then the AMC coin, whatever it was, just tanked, it's at, like two dollars. Oh, now. dad was saying something about that, yeah, because I, I told dad to buy in on it. He's like, he put in like a lot of money. Yeah. He has a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> and so he put in a lot of money and I was like, hey, I made like 20 bucks off of this. This is good. He's like, I know. Thank you for telling me. He's like, I'm at like 2000 now. I'm like, I hate you. <laughs> I was like, do I get like a buyer's fee? A finder's fee? <laughs> He's like, haha. <laughs> I used you. <laughs> I'm like, that's not fair. <laughs> Broke. <laughs> but yeah, then it, it then it tanked. He said he's still positive in it, but I bought later because I was like, well, I think it maxed out, and then it didn't max out, and I bought back in, and then it and then it maxed out. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I was I was pretty big in the stock for a bit. I remember that of your yeah uh, back when I was financially responsible. <laughs> Uh, just went and bought a brand new microphone when he had to buy a cord. <laughs> we have a whole really good microphone over there. He buys a cord, buys a whole microphone. He's like, I hate myself for this, but I needed it. <laughs> yeah. It's not like the podcast. And plus, I know I'm going to need another microphone at some point, anyways. Yeah. That typical uh, spender's mentality. Maybe you can try something a little better than this. We'll be in a. <laughs> Oh, I've shown them before. I have my YouTube store where I make my, or what I think I found it. Yeah, it was something like how to build a set when you're broke or something like I don't know, something like that. Do you have a, not a single tag on any video? I think that would <laughs> help because, like, right whenever you're about to post, if you scroll down, it says uh, tags, you just do like. <laughs> I'll talk about it. <laughs> um, yeah, actually, that's a lot. I think I do have some tags in a couple of videos, but I usually just don't know what to say. Also, your thumbnail is probably really big. You know how to edit thumbnails? No, I don't know how to edit fucking thumbnails. Ethan does. You can put it I don't edit the videos. I don't <laughs> post the thumbnail. <laughs> I swear, if you want to, I mean, can't say like I was there. But like, thumbnails are everything. Thumbnails and everything. Tags is what like 
It's not that hard. Just find. I guess we could take a selfie. Yeah, that's okay, right? Now click that. Click that and be like, um, give it some sort of title featuring Jacob Kibbo, and then your your uh your title instead of just saying episode nine, Jeremiah Kibbo. Just be like. I like it though because it's so simple and easy. Yeah. And um, just numbers. Yeah, I, I the only problem with that is uh people aren't gonna know like since you have like no well, your names in the title. It'll yeah. Be like, Number eight. Yeah, but the problem with that is since you have no real like fan base yet, not fan base, but like subscriber, they don't they're not just gonna click on a random video that says number eight podcast. They're gonna want to know what you talked about. So like this one you could label military, stocks, um, death minister, and more on this one, especially since it's like our podcast, I'll throw the tags in. We'll do a thumbnail. Um, it'll look pretty solid. All right. Um, I'll just be there like. Now <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll do it. I'll do it pretty simple. I'll just like, yeah, we, we can just take a picture or something while that's processing and shit. This is a this is my favorite coffee drinking podcast. Um, just a little word from our sponsors, everyone. So. Where half of this podcast is me just making fun of podcasts. <laughs> yeah, the we like in in the middle of the video conversation, we'll just cut to them and be like, "Oh, we're from our sponsors." Here we are, yeah. Starbucks Nitro Brew. It is so good. You know what that one is with? It's like a group of them, and they all sit on this couch. They get high as fuck and drunk, and they all talk. No, not milk. You know, when I was like. Levi's age, I was watching it. Um, I don't watch them anymore. I kind of stopped watching them whenever. Uh, I'll never say they're like sold out. Like, I, if someone came up to me and was like, hey, I'll buy your podcast. Just like, you don't know, I'd sell this shit in a fucking <laughs> <laughs> Unless it actually became big. And I would probably want to keep it. You but, the beast? Yeah. Now to the Beast? Yeah, yeah, I like the way they do their ads because, like, I hate ads in general. I'm monetizing the shit out of this channel as soon as it becomes eligible. <laughs> but so please watch. You have that four thousand hours. Um, yeah, but uh, but I, that being said, I still hate people that do it. Yeah. Now I'm just kidding. I don't really hate people that do it because I get it. Like, this microphone didn't pay for itself, you know. Um, but well, I paid for it. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, but I like the way they do. It's not daddy's money. <laughs> yeah, these people. You, okay, at the start of the podcast, I told him I, I can't tell the bag. I live at home now, and I just got out of the army, and I'm becoming a student. Fun fact: He put in my room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and now you're fucking. You're telling them. Hey, no, we all uh, gotta start selling the bro. So, yeah. He is my little brother. He's taller than. He's my taller brother, but. It's also my little brother. Um, but they, they always do it really like they kind of when they're editing in the ads, <laughs> you can tell they try to find like a part of the podcast where their ad relates to what they're talking about in the podcast. 
a little insert that you had in that spot. And yeah, I thought that was pretty smart because like then when you're listening to the podcast and they ambush you with ads, it's kind of like, oh, this sucks, but it ain't that bad. Plus the guy's funny as shit. The way he sells it, he's like, hey, I'll, I'll try to I'll try to do him. <laughs> Andrew Schultz. That's that's who it is. Hey. I'll be like, hey guys, so you should get a Starbucks coffee because it's the best fucking drink you could ever fucking get. And um, it's like the best shit. You wake up in the morning, you crack it open, drink it, feel like a million bucks. Don't you want to feel like a million bucks? Who the fuck doesn't want to feel like a million bucks? Buy some fucking coffee, all right? Get a coffee. They're cheap. They're delicious. There's no reason you should get a coffee. Starbucks, you owe me money. <laughs> no. Um, I kind of want to do an ad. Just literally just start promoting. Just be like, um, Nitro Cold Group, Starbucks. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, I'd like to sell you this table. You should get it because everyone needs a table. Everybody needs a table. Uh, Why does not need a table? No, I'm not going there. <laughs> he said it's white. <laughs> I mean, it is white. That's why you should buy it. It's surplus. Who doesn't love surplus? <laughs> Dude, we're fucking this podcast. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> we're over here pulling tables out. Hey. <laughs> oh, anyways, I was going to tell you. Do you know who Mr. Beast is? No. no. I have Mr. Beast 11X. No, he's the one that does like it's literally just Mr. Beast. He's the most subscribed YouTube channel. I think I don't know. Oh, uh, anyways, he's like he does like this stuff where he like gives away a million dollars. Anyway, somebody offered a million dollars. He gives away a million dollars. Literally, he gave away a private two and a half million dollar private jet issue. No, just literally look up his thing. Look up his thing later. It, his things are absolutely ridiculous. Anyway, somebody offered to buy his uh his uh YouTube channel for a billion dollars, and he declined it. Well, it's crazy. What's that Joe Rogan always says? What you got fucked you money? There's really nothing anymore. Yeah. He's, and he's right, dude. He's like, he, he talks about how he did Fear Factor because it was kind of fun. And like, he gave him a shit ton of money. <laughs> and he's like, and now I have fuck you money. So like, like I can, I'll just do things I want to do. Yeah. And he's right. Um, I think that's the best way to go about it is one, get rich. Or <laughs> just not give him a fuck. You um, never get, like, now my plan honestly right now I don't really have a plan but <laughs> what I'd be happy with I think well, just a $50,000 a year something something I'll make it work if I could make 50000 from a podcast or 50000 from stand up or 50000 from a year, from, like, a year. Here, yeah 50000 for doing something that I actually Want to do even if it's not podcasting or saying maybe it's uh, just making YouTube videos about fake ads selling tables and shit. Like I don't know. Like this is nice. This is fun. Um, if we could just fucking like meet up and I can meet people and like talk to them because I do like to talk. Obviously, um, I'm a very uh, I'm introverted, but I, I really do like to study people. Yeah. Not not necessarily study like you're a lab rat, but just like yeah. observe you, kind of see what you think or what how how you got to be how you are. I love that, and if I can make fifty thousand a year doing that, 
50,000 is enough to really, uh, I mean, you won't get everything you want, but you could live pretty decent and you're not working some shitty nine to five. Now, how's that going? Not very good. I've got seven subscribers, you motherfuckers. <laughs> and I work for my dad driving a tractor and I live at home, so fuck you, but. <laughs> <laughs> I was a parachute. is near. Yeah, I'll tell you what. I'll let you have that one up on me. Jump out of the plane on me. <laughs> that's the only thing I got on you. Is I jumped out of planes. <laughs> you get hurt if you can't go to a training event because you're hurt, so you'll go jump out of a plane and then say that on a video that your commander can watch. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be there January 20th. Yeah, if we got any like actual uh, ranking people watching this shit, just know that you're not represented. We're not gonna let this knucklehead do anything dumb. We'll make sure he goes to Norway. I don't know how, but we will we'll tell him to. Hopefully he does. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> Inhaler break. Ladies and gentlemen, albuterol is the best medication ever for asthmatic people. The Pro Air launcher is the best launcher. What the fuck can you do? <laughs> I signaled for him to speak while well, I uh, I'll do it again. Ladies and gentlemen, uh comment down below who you would like to have on this podcast. <laughs> like and subscribe. This is an interactive channel, motherfucker. Yeah, do not like. I should do that as well. Whoa, no, no, no. <laughs> it, it's kind of an interactive channel. <laughs> Alright, hit the thumbs button. Yes. Here, uh, thumbs up. Oh, oh, one up. Send this video to all your friends. Do my eyes? Do you? You look like a raccoon. <laughs> We're goofing around way too much here. Yeah, this podcast um, is about to be two hours long. Is it? Well, I don't want to push it just to, for the sake of pushing it. But um, Jake, this was a fun podcast. It was. Let's do it again, man. Yep. I'm gonna go push the magical button. All right. We don't have an official outro, so Jake, make some music with your mouth. Oh, I put the button. Dun 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 dun. dun. Hi. Hey.